Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Monster Dear Monster, a podcast where we talk about monsters and see if we can tickle their chin. I'm your host, Matt, and of course, that must mean I'm joined to my left. He puts the meatball in meatball machine. It's Dave. How you doing, mate? <laughs> How's it going? That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Dave. Yeah, exactly. I was doing a bit of research into you, Dave. I'm, I'm honestly not watching you through the uh, window. <laughs> On my <clears throat> Twitter feed. Yeah, yes, uh, exactly. Which will be definitely in the notes at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rumour has it. <laughs> and obviously that must mean in the background, to the right, you can hear him chatting away. He puts the scary in scary sleeping face. It's Cameron. <laughs> oh, wow. Being called out. <laughs> yes, that, that was honestly a work of art, that picture you've uh, posted to in, Twitter. I was, I was in immense pain. <laughs> Right. I, 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 I thought you were going for a job interview. No, no. You see, <laughs> the, prob- the problem, Matt, is I was up all night playing Monster Hunter World. <laughs> ah, very and so tactful. This afternoon, yeah. yeah, and this afternoon I fell asleep on the couch, woke up with um, a very nearly sprained hamstring and a very nearly dislocated shoulder from a very uncomfortable position. <laughs> and that was my face immediately afterwards. <laughs> right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, should, at least I, should, I, I suppose you've kept it monster themed. At least you know it's. Oh, um, yes. You've been playing Monster Hunter World. Uh, you uh, sort of looked a bit like a monster in the photo, and <laughs> then we're now recording our, everyone's favourite monster. monster podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we're someone's favourite. Well, it's mine. I don't know about you guys, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we are a bit biased. Um, well, yeah. Yes. So, Dave, what have you been up to this week, mate? What's what's um, What's been going on? Uh, not much. Just work, work, and <laughs> hunting monsters. <laughs> ah, <laughs> yeah, that's been it. Uh, yeah, it was either hunting monsters or fighting aliens from Planet Vegetable. <laughs> so. Oh, right. Is that, what, is that what you do on your lunch breaks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I ended up not buying the Dragon Ball Z. Fighter, or Dragon Fighter Z, whatever they. Yeah, Dragon, Dragon Fight. Yeah, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Dragon Ball Fighters. But fighters. You don't say Fighter Z. We do now. No. Uh, hey. Yeah, it looks really cool. Um, yeah, it does. I'll probably end Definitely. up picking it up down the road, but. I yeah. That that's a game I think that needs local co-op. Yeah. Yes. I'm not yeah, a lot totally of fan of just the uh, playing people i can't see and they just kill me because <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens you join the online stuff and you just get massacred mm. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's, yeah it's a bit bad timing though isn't it i suppose having two quite large games that a lot of us would like coming out at the same time so well, i think it's it not came... even the yeah it's not even the large games um celeste also came out mm. and so mm. yeah the other one um yeah that. i don't know the other one but it was like four games in a week that all looked really good and, and yeah. yeah I was like well I can afford to justify like one thing so I yeah. picked up yeah. Monster yeah. Hunter and that'll be a time sink so definitely that will yeah. be what I, I'm doing on my my time off uh, and uh, it's all in the name of research damn <laughs> right future episode well, absolutely yeah. how, how are you Clearly. finding it so far without sort of giving too much away are you enjoying it so far uh, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, definitely, you can see that 
the weapon I've chosen is like I'm probably not gonna change <laughs> the, the one I'm using. Um, what are you on? The um, insect glaive. Ooh, very nice. Nice. Yeah. So Do you get to have a big, flips. a big pokey spear <laughs> and a giant needle on your arm that you throw at enemies. It's, uh, <laughs> or no, it's pretty fun. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's cool. No. <clears throat> so, um, Cameron, what's happening down under at the moment? What's going on? Uh, yeah, no, um, I've, I've had a pretty good week. Uh, I mysteriously and somehow got the money for Monster Hunter, um, so I was happy about that. Good lad. <laughs> Uh, and it is it is a lovely game. Uh, my highlight, uh, without spoilers, I was killed in one hit by a balloon animal. Wow. And that is all I will say on that. <laughs> in one of the most beautiful areas I've ever seen in a video game as well. So I was very happy because it was a lovely place to explore. It just had a giant balloon animal floating around <laughs> and killing me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, no, it is a fantastic game. Uh, I'm doing... I'm doing Gunlance and Greatsword, personally, sort of switching between the two. Ooh, as good choice. That sounds cool. Yeah. Although I had to pull out um, the bow gun at one point because I just couldn't beat uh, the Anjanath. It's a big T-Rex-looking thing. They've shown it a lot in the preview stuff. Yeah, that, that was rough. I had to kite it for like 40 <laughs> minutes around the entire map. <laughs> I went up, I went down, I went all the way around, then back up again. I fell off the top, ended up at the bottom somehow. Yeah. <laughs> how, how are you finding the uh, the time limits side of things? Is that um, think that's a good thing? They are not as restrictive as you would think. Um, so there's your main quest and your optional quest. There's also these sort of side quests called investigations, and a lot of them are to kill two monsters within a time limit. Um, uh, you know, like there was one that's kill these two monsters in thirty minutes. I started with one, I killed that one, I found an optional monster that wasn't on the list I had to kill, I took care of that as well, and then I found the actual second one, and took care of that all in like 15 to 20 minutes. Oh, fair So I, I think, yeah, it's totally doable as long as you have a little experience. I played some of Monster, Ho- monster Hunter 4 <laughs> <Wow>. Ultimate. <laughs> yeah, uh, Freud. Um, <laughs> monster Hunter 4 Ultimate I played a bit of, um, so I'm used to how, it, how the game works, I guess, so I've got a bit of an advantage there. <laughs> <laughs> Edit it out, please, please, God. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, like I said I think I think we'll, well, it's hundred percent. We're going to definitely do a, a future episode on it. I'm, mm. like I said to you pre-show, I'm about twenty minutes in. You know, obviously <laughs> yeah. nineteen minutes of that was making my character. It was oh, one yeah. of those where I felt exhausted after making the character, and then the fact you've then got to do the same for your cat afterwards. As well, yeah, and I was like, uh, "Oh God!" <laughs> Luckily, the options are a bit, li- a bit more limited on the yeah. on your cat. I I, I, na- I, I named my cat Whisper good. after my dog, so uh, that's nice. But it was, yeah, I can I couldn't not. So um, I, I can tell her off like I do in real life. Yeah. No, uh, I had to explain to my family why I was trying to take a photo of my cat at ten forty-five at night. <laughs> like, I don't have a good shot normal? of her fur no. markings. I need to see her exact pattern, so see if I can recreate it. I, I did an, an average job of recreating my cat. <laughs> She's staring at me right now. Bless Sorry. her. <laughs> <laughs> She's talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she thinks so. you're replacing her. <laughs> the one on Monster Hunter. <laughs> well, you know, if she could wear cute little armor sets and carry around a club that is also a gun, uh, you know, I'd, I'd take her out more often. Of course. <laughs> Just the you'd, armor you'd be, sets. You'd be, be minted. <laughs> yeah. 
the armor sets are so cute for the cats. Oh my god! <laughs> Someone used to make like little felt those uh, the starting hat yes. cat ears. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Anyway. Get it on it. So when, when, when we eventually yeah. have our merchandise store, we'll do it. <laughs> Capcom, don't sue us. Yeah, honest. <laughs> nice, cool. So it's definitely been a monster-themed week for everyone, right? So, oh yeah. Obviously, you guys last week did a very good job um, without oh. me trying to do everyone's favourite segment of the show. Um, I think my personal highlight was uh, yourself, Cameron, when you um, told Dave to roll them. And especially when, yeah. Dave, please roll them. You were so polite <laughs> as you told him to do it. Whereas obviously I'm quite like, Dave, just get on with it, yeah. you know. Well, do it. Dave's like, do it hard, do it fast. <laughs> Dave's, Dave's like my podcast senpai. I can't be rude to him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the co yeah. of this group. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But no, you did. You both, you both did a very good job of taking over that. That was excellent. But let's get back on with the, the usual way of doing it. So that must mean it's time for Yokai. Yokai of the week. Of the week. Oh, we're really nailing this, lads. Oh, A plus. So <laughs> we practiced a lot. <laughs> exactly, this is what we're doing all week. Monster Hunter <laughs> oh, and uh, acapella. <laughs> it's called harmonizing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the technical term, yes. Yes, I do believe. Yum, yum, yum. Harmonizing, yes. So, Yokai the Week Time, and quite appropriately, we are on the letter. Why? Why for mm. yokai? Please tell me more while I eat my dinner. Um, <laughs> so, as always, we will be rolling some a random die. We sorry, we're not going to roll a random die. We're going to roll a die, and then it's going to come uh, up with a random number. It's a d twenty. People it's need It's a d twenty. <laughs> yes. No, nah, Dave. And I reckon we, you should roll the d thirteen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, yeah, we're then going to talk about random yokai, and we're all going to become educated on this. So, with that, Dave, roll them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit of an interesting roll. <laughs> a bit, bit on the flat side. Okay, okay, sorry, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> okay. Or, are we going, Dave? Is, is he going to roll them or are you going to have I'm, to... I'm going to roll it again. <laughs> the other one was terrible. Feel right if you don't prompt him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Dave, roll him again. <laughs> Dave, have you, have you not been hitting the gym this week? Have you sort of <laughs> no, I couldn't make it. Uh, oh, that's why. I was busy. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting throw in there. See, it's, it's all the time uh, harmonizing. Yeah. <laughs> you need, need to step up. I was, I was working on that, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't have time to practice your dice rolling. Spending yeah. all my time at the karaoke bar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what number it, do we it have? It's a 14. 14. One. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> I can count. 
2014. The Yomatsu Shikome? Yeah. The Hags of the Underworld. Nice. Ooh. They've got a live action picture. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Wikipedia's stepping up its game here. The Yomatsu yeah. Shikome, literally translated as the ugly woman of the underworld. Ouch. That's harsh. <laughs> That's a bit rude. But I, I, I don't imagine the underworld would have particularly nice looking women. You know, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I've never been to the underworld. Um, been to the underground, but um, mm. <laughs> totally different. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's a bit harsh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, it, I think it's all um, cultural standards. The Greeks have a lot of attractive people in the underworld, you know? Mm. They go, That's true. Persephone and everyone. Oh, Persephone. She, she in the underworld, yeah. yeah. Mm. Maybe it was Persephone. Yeah, I can't I remember my Persephone. Greek mythology anymore. Um, <laughs> but this is Japanese culture and mythology. Um, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> Uh, she was a hag sent by the dead Izanami to pursue her husband Itanagi for shaming her by breaking promise not to see her in her decayed form in the underworld. Huh. Oh. So she's sort of the uh, the messenger. <laughs> they often are when they're from the underworld. They're often... Mm. They just come up, just give a message and then disappear again. <laughs> Like how, uh, potentially, this was either eight demon hags or one or named Yomotsu <laughs> Itami. <laughs> they're, not, they're not too sure. Um, this, this is kind of, um, I guess, a retelling of the... Well, not a retelling, a different version of the um, fleeing of the underworld kind of traditional story. Because uh, yeah. in the Kochiki version, we have Itsunagi was fleeing the underworld with the Yomotsu Shikome in hot pursuit. Uh, Itanagi first cast down his black headdress, which turned into a kind of grapes, and slowed the hag's advance as she devoured them. <laughs> okay. Mm. Uh, then he broke off his comb, uh, that broke off his comb, uh, broke the teeth off of it, and cast the broken pieces in turning them into bamboo shoots, slowing her down as she pulled them out and ate them as well. Oh, user initiative. <laughs> but, yeah. But the hag... <laughs> was now joined by a large army, 1,500 strong, led by eight thunder deities. <laughs> Where did these people come from? Yeah, I was going to say. Um, Itanagi brandished his, um, his big sword. I'm going to translate that as it's called a ten-grasp saber. But still they wow. pursued until he climbed atop the flat slope at the entrance to the underworld and flung three peaches, whereby the pursuers retreated. <laughs> Because of three people. Yeah. What's the? Do we well, know why? No, <laughs> there, it doesn't. They became huge, like James and the Giant Peach. I guess. Yeah, he yeah. had boulders. Yeah, like, three boulders. It's like Temple yeah. of Doom. <laughs> well, actually, after this, Itanami herself came in pursuit, and Itanami blocked the entrance at the slope with a boulder. Ah, there we go. Or a peach. <laughs> he, he really didn't want to see his dead wife. I guess. No. Understand well. <laughs> I like the next part. <laughs> yeah. Apart from the variant name and the possibility of multiple hacks, <laughs> there are some minor discrepancies in the Nihon Shoki version. Lack of thunder gods and the army and the peaches. <laughs> Why the peaches? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, there was no thunder god. Eh, there wasn't really an army. Oh, there was definitely no peaches. <laughs> um, well, don't worry. Instead of the peaches, he made a river of urine. 
Yeah, according <laughs> to one telling, Itanagi <laughs> urinated a large tree so that the water swelled into a river, and before the Yomotsu Hisame, because this was the version with eight, uh, could cross it, he reached the entrance known as the Even Pass of Yomi. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting... It's an interesting escape from the underworld myth. <laughs> um, You've got the yeah. kid-friendly version and the uh, the not-so-kid-friendly version. <laughs> Have you seen the, at the end as well, in the, under the critical literature, this says about the symbolism of the Peach Boy. It's so, uh. <laughs> that sounds like the world's worst superhero. Oh, here comes Peach Boy. Nah, he's he's pretty strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he does. If you read this, yeah, yeah, he, he was is. just born. He was born from a peach. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, that makes more sense. So he's he's not um he's not great. <laughs> he's not from My Hero Academia. Yeah, <laughs> he's not formed of peaches. <laughs> <laughs> My body is made of infinite peaches. <laughs> not not part uh, of a Peter Gabriel song. I'd watch that version of Fate Stay Night. Um. <laughs> oh, Yokai, you're uh, so wow. funny. <laughs> James the Giant Peach. Peach. Yeah. yeah, who knows where Roald Dahl got his inspiration. Yeah, yeah he's, he's reading some Yokai stories, basically. He's a boy in his house. <laughs> insects on his insides. <laughs> oh, God. That's terrifying. Oh, brilliant. That's great. All right, we, we, all, we all learned something today. We certainly yeah. did. If you're being ch- really chased by eight, eight old hags, you can throw peaches at them or yeah. <laughs> urinate. <laughs> <laughs> it's really up to you. Um. <laughs> wow. Great. Well, that was uh, uh, a very amusing yokai of the week. <laughs> Right. So on with the main part of our show, (laughs) where we're going to discuss our boy H.P. Lovecraft again, um, where we're going to talk about the short novella Dagon and the movie of the same name, um, even though not all of us got to watch it, um, and obviously anything else that we want to add to the mix. Um, So, like I said, before we start, I've read the novella and obviously yourself both of you guys have as well um but unfortunately i've not had the chance to listen to the mo- listen to the movie no, i don't even be able to watch the movie either um <laughs> listen or watch the movie um because like i said in the uk it is very difficult to get hold of here so i left it to you two to uh, take one for the team okay so um <laughs> So what I think we'll do is we'll um, we'll talk about the novella first, and then we'll uh, yeah. crack on with the and anything we want to add about the movie. Um, yeah. So yeah, before we start, um, Dave, what did you think of Dagon? Um. Well, I <laughs> as I was reading this to myself, I I don't know. Maybe I became like disillusioned or something. But this was written. It was horribly written. Like I think I'm just <laughs> losing any kind of. I don't know. I'm just not happy with the way Lovecraft wrote this one. Probably everything he wrote. I think it's just kind of garbage <laughs> the way it's written. Um, in, what, in what way? Do you mean? Uh, it's just his the the purple prose just it became too much for me. Um, I would because I would, when I read these things, I have like uh, you know uh, I'm narrating it in my head. You know, yeah. So someone's speaking it, and I just I just lost all patience for his. Verbosity, <laughs> and he's just—he's <laughs> just really ridiculous. 
And it's not even that bad in this one. It's, this isn't a particularly like egregious example of uh, what lengths he goes to to describe, over-describe things. But I don't know. I just oversaturation of Lovecraft. <laughs> I, I was done with it. I was, it was making me mad. Like as I was reading, and it's not even. It's, it's short. It's like seven pages. Yeah, it is very short. Yeah. I mean, do you think it was because? Do you think it's the the language? He's trying to make up for the lack of what actually happens in it because obviously it is a very short story and not a great deal happens in it. It's very, you know, you're skipping things quite quickly. Do you think he... Oh, think probably. That's what, it, it could be, yeah. the, it could be the, the brevity and he's just going whole hog on describing things that are not describable. Um, mm. But the thing is, this was all describable. <laughs> like, there wasn't anything <laughs> that you could... Like I've gone mad by describing this disgusting mud. I'm like, okay, <laughs> thanks for telling me about the mud. And the, your, your list of like seven, seven aquatic symbols, very, very precise. Um, I don't know. I just, I was just done with it when I was trying to read it. It was making me upset. Um, but like I said, it wasn't. This isn't even like a, a particularly. It was really bad. What uh, the horror Red Hook or whatever one we read. I think that yeah. was the one. He yeah. was going crazy in that one, and I, I, I took it in stride, <laughs> like it was fine. But somehow, this is like you add that little bit of sugar or a little bit of salt to something, and all of it, you know, falls out because you oversaturated. That's, I think that's just what happened. Um, right. Okay. I like the yeah. intent of it. The intent was mm. fine. Um, I just, mm. man, he just disappointed me in this one. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> well, I, I think we need to give him the benefit of the doubt that this was this was one of the first stories that he wrote. As an adult. Yeah, it was so, um, 1917 when he wrote yes. this. Yeah, very yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, actually, I think before we... Actually, no, you, Cameron, you, you give your sort of brief thoughts on it and then we'll talk about what actually happens in it. <laughs> yeah. Do you agree um, with Dave? Yeah, that, yeah. go ahead. And... Uh, uh, Dave, I'm sorry to disappoint you. I actually really like Dagon. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Short story. <laughs> um, <laughs> So you, you you describe when you read as having an internal narrator. Uh, when I read, I have no internal narration, but I have internal cinematography. Um, okay. Yeah. So with, with, <laughs> with me, this gave a really strong visual sense. This is my personal taste, obviously, but it gave a really strong visual sense. And I like its sort of simplicity in what it sets up and what it talks about. Like, it doesn't do any mind-bending, crazy stuff. Like, I went out, you know... It was the war. I was captured on a boat. Some crazy stuff happened, and I'm I'm running out of everything that keeps the uh, the memories at bay. Memories at bay. So <laughs> things are getting rough. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I I don't know exactly why I like it. Like I like it for all those things, but there's something else about it that just calls to me, and I really enjoy this in particular. I don't know. It's probably probably why I'm gonna like Death Stranding when that comes out in twenty seven hundred <laughs> or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, like, old, old I man. get that part. Like I mm. visually it's fine. It's really yeah. just the narration. So maybe my internal narrator is crap. <laughs> so maybe that's what happened. <laughs> just bad, uh, bad uh, poetry reading. Um well, I, just, here's a, I, just, I pulled up an example of what was making me upset. So Yeah, go ahead. Um, go for it. When at last I awakened, it was to, uh, was to discover myself half-sucked into a slimy expanse of hellish black mire, 
which extended above me in monotonous undulations as far as I could see, in which my boat lay grounded some distance away. Just like he, he does that a lot, which, which it's, yeah. he always does. Um, yeah, the, yeah. the putrid carcasses of decaying fish and other less describable things. I'm like, okay. I just got tired of him <laughs> just adding like weird adverbs to stuff and yeah, <laughs> adjectives yeah. that just didn't, I don't know. It was just yeah, oversaturation of Lovecraft. Of I think that's all it was. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but the, <laughs> as far as like the visual imagery um, mm. of, of the, or the, I guess the intent of it was fine. Yeah. Just the way he went yeah. about it. Um, and, and as we pointed out, this is one of his earlier ones. So he, he gets better at, <laughs> Yeah. Over describing things. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does he have a technique. A variety. Yeah, maybe mm. that's he, what it is. Maybe he was relying on the same phrasing, two or three phrasings. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just it just struck me, and I it, and I've read a lot of Lovecraft, and this yeah to, to yeah. go back to this and just go like what and not be <laughs> happy with it. You know, and yeah. it's probably my fault for watching the movie first and then reading this. I should have done it the other way around. Uh, yeah, yeah, but. <laughs> I, I just thought that the movie was done like particularly well um, in regard to that kind of thing. So mm. anyway, um, yeah, that's I guess, very I nice. Guess, that's... I guess back to you, Matt. <laughs> well, no, that's yeah. no, that's that's good. It's good to have these difference of opinions. I mean, uh, I think because I've got the audio book of the Necronomicon and obviously managed to listen to this as opposed to reading it, um, I think that that I I'm probably going to sway slightly on Cameron's side that I quite enjoyed it. But then I suppose I had. The narration. I didn't have to narrate it myself. I had someone narrating it for me, mm. and then yeah. so I was sort of getting the best of both, where I've got someone narrating it, but then I can visualise it, doing similar to what Cameron's doing, really. And I agree. I mean, the, yeah, he, he's very over over elaborate with his language, but I but I found it easier to digest than compared to some of the other things that I've read of his. I, and that's not because it's a shorter book. I think just I I got into it straight away whereas there's other ones i've read of his that i think you know i've almost got to start again on you know i'm a few pages in i'm gonna start again <laughs> try and get you know where he's coming from was this one you know i didn't really struggle with that side of things um i i think the problem is it's one of those where it could do with being a lot or a fair bit longer than it actually is i don't think you can you know, you're, get, you're getting hints of everything in this in this uh, novella, and it's, it could do with even if it was twice as long. I know it still wouldn't be very long. You know, it'd still be a relatively short story, but it just needs fleshing out a bit because, like you said, you, a lot of it is the descriptive words of where the narrator is, as opposed to mm. what for us is the the juicy bit, which is obviously when you know the interaction with the monster and and that side of things. It almost feels like that's rushed at the end and and um, and such like. Yeah, but he, then sp- I, he spent more time describing everything else yeah and then <laughs> yeah. like the payoff at the end was just like a footnote <laughs> yeah, like, yeah and nothing agree. happened um, yeah so i think I, that that's probably his um i don't want to say formatting that's the wrong word the pacing the pacing of mm. the story is something that he learned and improved upon later yeah um, this was just yeah. getting ideas out you know exactly for a yeah. weird you know weird tale um, yeah. If anything, I would have made this shorter to, oh, okay. to be more effective. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, cut, I, I, cut out some of the chaff and then just, you know, wait for the craziness. Um, mm. Or make it longer and, and spend more time developing uh, yeah. what you're going to do. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of meat to this story that 
is just underdeveloped and yeah i would agree with that you know in um insmith and, and other um stories and he just takes the time to um, mm. build a world you know yeah and, and you yeah. don't yeah. you don't get a sense of that um and maybe I should just change my internal narrator to like William Shatner or something, <laughs> make, make, you know, make it a lot more fun. Yeah, I, I, I think it's one of those where, like a lot of writers, it's his early work. He's probably still finding his feet, so to speak. And you know, obviously, it's worked out well for him. You know, later down the line, because obviously he's he's produced some fantastic work. And I think this one's just a bit of a. It just hints at a lot of things, as opposed to like I said, fleshing them out. Um, I think probably the easy thing to do is sort of summarising this novella because obviously for people that haven't mm. listened to it or read it, they're obviously not going to know what we're talking about. Um, so the sort of basic premise of Dagon, the, the novella, is it's uh, narrated by an unnamed man who uh, is part of the uh, US Army in the First World War, I believe. Um, yeah. And he's basically there. He's on a, on a ship. It gets, he gets captured by the Germans... And he does make a point of telling, uh, tell, telling us that he, the, his German captors were very liberal, and you know, as opposed to what they later become in the war. Um, and he basically escapes on a lifeboat, and he's then drifting for you know for a few days. He's in the middle of the sea, not knowing what he's doing. You know, God help him, what's going to happen next? And then basically ends up in some swamp plans you know that, that which obviously gets quite descriptive that's the bit that we're talking about yeah. where he ends up there and he i think he describes from memory he describes it like like there's a um a volcano at the bottom of the ocean and it's pushed all the all the um life and land up to yeah. you know where it's, it's, a, it's an island that's risen from the sea yeah um, it's yeah. just i don't think it's super large but no he yeah. does it's, yeah and he you know basically you know washes ashore up here and doesn't really know how and why because i think he sort of i think it's basically when he's obviously you know he's either passed out or fallen asleep and he's just yeah. uh he, drifted he just there. like woke up on the island yeah and going, oh, where <laughs> I'm am i sure uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh obviously you know like like i said this we do get a lot of uh description of the you know, surrounding areas there's you know dead fish and mollusks and all that sort of thing and you know it's just a, a very, you know you can see you can't really see anything from you know for miles it's just plain lands and swamps and then over the next few days basically it it gets to the point where it can he can start walking because obviously it's dried underfoot now and he can start you know making his way around trying to look for what he can do um you know he makes quite you know obvious things like saying there's no other wildlife around you don't see any you know birds of prey or anything like that it's sort of it's quite eerie in that sense and then he basically notices that there's a, a mound, a hill in the you know in the distance, which he sort of makes a a beeline for, you know, to see if he can get rescued. Uh, he you know he basically goes up that way a, a few days trek and ultimately finds a, a monolith with uh, weird inscriptions of uh, weird creatures, fish-like creatures, whale-like creatures, um, and then basically a monster appears from the um, from the water, which obviously makes him go mad, he then ends up going back to his boat. He then gets rescued by the by a U.S. boat. Ends up in a uh, San Francisco hospital, um, and basically the the sort of the key bit at the end, which you don't really notice until you get to the end, that he, he's actually basically <clears throat> excuse me, he's actually writing a suicide note. This the whole narration of this whole novella is uh, you know one long 
suicide note where he's basically you know saying he's gone mad he can't take the the nightmares and and such like anymore and it ends with basically a uh, a knocking at the door or the window i think isn't it where there's a obviously a, 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 a guest outside for him and and that's sort of basically where it ends um I mean, obviously, there's a bit more to it than that. Uh, I'm just giving the summarised version there. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's... Like you said, the, the monster side of things is a bit sparse at the end. Um, why, do you, why do you think he focused so much on the, the land side of things? You know, there's a lot of that middle part where he's focused on the swamp, on, uh, you know, the, the actual environment. Do you think he was just trying to, you know, set the scene too much and then... Not really. Or then, oh, I'll put a monster in at the end. Do you think that was sort of what he was trying to do? Or uh, what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> I think that he did that long setup, and he and he was calling out the specific amount of days and how much food the guy had, and mm-hmm. the, just the nature of being like marooned on this, you know, disgusting island, um, as a way to. Uh, you can't just have a person go mad like immediately. Uh, I mean, he eventually kind of gets around to that um, trope, I guess. But it sets the stage to where someone's already, like, their mental state's not the best. Um, Yeah. Yeah. He has food, but he waited three days to even try to walk on, you know, the thing. And then he's walking around, it's just a bunch of dead carcasses. Uh, He takes the time to explain how how unsettling the place is already. So Hmm. anything you see is going to be like a greater shock to the system because you're already kind of broken down mentally by just the ordeal. Uh, And and that's what that read to me like. Yeah, Yeah. I'd agree with that. What do you Uh, think, Cameron? I I think it's kind of an interesting take on his later stuff. Like this is going deeper into like symbolism and thing, but all of Lovecraft's work sort of hinges on this fear of the unknown and with this entire sort of island implied to be the bottom of the deepest ocean <laughs> dredged up and throwing thighs like throwing that dark unknown into the light and going oh god it's disgusting it's awful it's enough to like as they said weigh you down over time you know you don't eat properly you don't drink properly and all around you is just mud and rotting fish and dead crabs and stuff um, so I, I think he was maybe experimenting before he sort of settled on that heavy formula of the this thing is unknown and you get a glimpse of it, but we don't really delve into the unknown as a whole so much, whereas this is, we've dredged it all up and just look at it, this, it's just this sort of gross spectacle of horrific, sort of difficult to understand stuff, because, you know, he's like looking at all these cocks like, oh, it's a dead fish. I don't know what that is, and I don't know how to describe exactly what it looks like. Yeah. That kind of stuff. He's he's sort of playing a little with what would become his later formula for um, a lot of his stuff. Yeah. Uh, he, he also used this to do a lot of, like, call-outs to other authors. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's a thing I don't... He sort of does in later works, but here it was super mm. heavily handed. Like, every every other yeah. paragraph was like this person or this person or this person or you know it's just a lot of or and and yeah. or or I think that was also making making me mad <laughs> just, yeah. lists, just lists oh. yeah, there's a lot of Poe and a lot of viewer or whatever it was mentioned yeah mm. and, and it's just an attempt to um, illustrate that well, I mean as we 
see through his other work is his protagonists are all like well learned men. Um, mm. Yeah. And in in making these references to the to the directly to the reader, I mean, he's just kind of trying to show how educated, um, yeah, and well read that you know, his yeah. character is, and and I don't think it's well, yeah, I guess it's it's sort of specifically trying to make it relatable, just because who his contemporaries were and yeah, uh, yeah, and who he respected, I think, as authors, and he's yeah, just putting that down on paper, and he 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 kind of backs away from that um as a uh it's something i think he's using to just strengthen it artificially rather than on the yeah. on, on on the the merits of his own work mm. you know yeah that's, that's what it felt like to me yeah yeah i wouldn't disagree with that i think i think that's quite a good point actually because you even right at the start of the of the novella you see the, the narrator actually makes a point of though he's a morphine addict he makes a point of not saying, "Well, I'm not a degenerate, <laughs> you know. I'm not. I'm not a druggie. I'm just, you know. I'm actually a, like I said, a, you know, a well-educated man. It's just that obviously my experience has led me to become a drug addict, basically. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's a fair point. Yeah, it's it's funny actually going back to the the what we we're saying about the madness side of things and sort of building that up to all, you know to what becomes quite a you know crescendo with the the monster it it, it that it does make a quite a big point of that doesn't he in the sense that that he's you can you actually feel that the narrator's mind is broken at that point when he sees the monster he actually you know makes point that i've gone mad at that point he sort yeah. of you know he he can he you know which obviously <clears throat> excuse me lends into what we've spoken about before about insight and you know all the things um, you know, in Bloodborne and things like that, where the mind literally, you know, cracks and can't, you know, fathom what it sees in front of it, and and that sort of, it, it, I thought that was quite a good build-up. I like the fact that, like you said, you've got the fact that um, he's, you know, struggling to survive. You know, he, he doesn't know where he is. He can't fathom why he's there and what's around him. And then on top of that, he's, you know, seeing a monolith with hieroglyphics and inscriptions, which has got. Um, you know, weird and you know, to his eyes and mind, weird and wonderful things that he can't understand. And then, just to top it off, a mo- you know, a monster comes out and starts praying to it. Um, it, you know, it's the fact that I, I find it quite amusing that at that point, you, you sort of almost imagine he just literally goes crazy because of the fact he goes, he runs away from the scene. But he's saying, you know, it was a combination of singing and laughing. You know, it's almost like he went delirious. <laughs> it's just, I thought yeah. that was quite, quite well, good. I mean, he, you know, quite... He, he says he does. He's like, if yeah. I couldn't sing, I was just giggling. Or I mean, just yeah. giggle, but that's what he's doing. Exactly. Yeah. And manic, it's... manic laughter. Yeah. And I thought that was good because it, it sort of shows that he accepts that and understands that even though he doesn't understand what he's seen he accepts that he, you know i can handle it it's not you know he didn't sort of try to cover it up and 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 something you know something on those lines he's literally just you know his mind is broken he can't fathom what he's seen and you know he's just running and 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 laughed you know laughing and uh singing which i thought was quite amusing um but um, and also the fact i think what's quite amusing as well is the fact that then afterwards when he gets back to san francisco he sees a uh an expert doesn't he um expert on oh, what are they called i've forgotten the uh <laughs> for the the uh the technical term the uh, uh the they who study like cultures and nations and people uh, um, an i can't remember the, uh, the what sorry uh ethnologist 
Yes. Yeah. That's I was the one. Anthropologist, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the right lines. Yeah. He, he sees, and the, and he, I like the fact that he mentions that the, the expert he sees was conventional. I thought that was quite a good use of <laughs> language. The fact that he's not, not, but he's basically saying he clearly was uh, a non-believer and uh, wouldn't have any idea of what, what I'm talking about. So but he calls him conventional, which I thought was quite yeah. amusing. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he specifically says he, um, I guess I'll just read the part of the passage. Um, yeah, go for it. I sought out a celebrated ethnologist and amused him with particular questions regarding the ancient Philistine legend of Dagon, the fish god, but soon perceived that he was hopelessly conventional. As you said, um, I did not press my yeah. inquiry. So like, he, he has enough presence of mind to know that someone's going to think he's crazy. Yeah. Mm. Like trying to bring this up, but he still wants to know more about it, at least I guess to, just for his own piece of mind what's left of his mind <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> exactly yeah yeah and that's a that's a that's a particular kind of crazy if you if yeah. you've been unhinged by if something you know. but you're still yeah. aware enough to know how it's gonna sound mm. to like anybody mm. else instead of just you know um oftentimes i think just the, the the trope of the raving madman or the guy that's um just set on convincing everyone else what he believes is like real um, yeah, the, our protagonist here is like not really concerned with that. He's just it's for his own benefit, um, and that, mm-hmm. that's another bit that we see throughout all like the rest of uh, uh, Lovecraft's work is um, the protagonists aren't as much set on informing like the world at large mm-hmm. um, or academia or anything really. They might be t- they might be writing a letter to one person like a, a, a dear friend, everything's trying to, you know, he's keeping it at a relatable level. Um, yeah. Uh, and not trying to sell like the, the fantastic, um, to the world at large, but it's, it's furthering the sense that there's hidden things that we are not supposed to see. And the people know that, you know, this was a bad thing. <laughs> um, and they're only one person, and they're not trying to like convince anyone else of it, other than to convince other people that they're not crazy. That's like, yeah. that's, like that's the extent of it. You know? And but even yeah. this guy is not even bothered with that. He knows he's gone mad, and you know, like as we said, this is a suicide note. So he's literally like, I just want to. My my two options are just to go crazy, or you know, like let myself just go, uh, or yeah. or end my life so I don't have to worry about it anymore mm, mm. And, and that's i don't know that's a that's a tough um that's not an easy premise to no not to, to write on so i mean credit for that uh that's like i yeah. said that's not the issue that i had with this, um, <laughs> this story it, it's no it's done as well as i think it's going to be done um i think maybe if he went back and i would be i'd be curious to see um the initial like the rough drafts of some of these and, and see what he had to like rein in or cut out or you know that that sort of thing because i'm imagining that yeah if this hits an editor they'd be like you can expand upon this or cut this stuff out or you know and i know some of his stuff wasn't or i guess a lot of it really wasn't well received in the, at the time yeah yeah, that's exactly. I think it, that bit at the end with with the narrator is the fact that, like I said, he he's in a situation where he he wants to go well, not he wants to go mad, but he's he's almost like he's having to self 
you know, suffocate himself, isn't he? You know, in his mind, he can, he's got all these things that he's seen and and heard. He he can't speak to anyone about it because they'll just dismiss him or think he's he's gone crazy, even though he knows he's gone crazy because of what he's seen. And it's the it, it's it's a real. I know it's like a lot of Lovecraft ones where you know there's not often a happy ending and it or the protagonist wins if in in quote marks yeah. and it's sort of again this is another perfect example of it where he's you know in the end he's having to commit suicide to deal with this situation and you you I, well i did anyway when i read it i really felt sorry for the character because i think god he's doing through all that and then he's you know he's literally going mad but but not in but in the fact that he's still got a part of him that understands what's going on, and that to me, like you said, that's to me is worse than if you're if you're literally raving loony and you can't understand what's going on, then you've got a bit of um, you know you've got a way of sort of almost coping with it because you don't know any better. But he knows better, yet he's broken at the same time, um, of, you know, from what he's seen. Um, but it's he's he's quite you know again you don't get that much of an insight into him overall because he's just more describing things but what one bit that i thought was quite amusing which sort of going back to the bit where the the monolith and the hieroglyphics is the is there's sort of some slight naivety on his part whereas there's a bit um which i don't have in front of me but it's where he's basically describing the the things he's the hieroglyphs he's seeing and the fact that um the the proportions of the the what is effectively Dagon and the fish god because he's sort of basically saying oh well they clearly don't know their proportions because you know he's he's big you know bigger than the size of a whale but obviously <laughs> you know he's sort of almost dismissing that I mean what did you think of that Cameron uh, I think I think it was interesting especially as sort of a little mini foreshadowing because. You know, yeah. the, the fish creature that comes out is huge because it goes up and it's as big as this obelisk he's looking at and sort of hugs it and <laughs> prays to it and things like that. Um, but it, it does paint a really cool imagery as well because, um, you know, there's all that classic art inspired by Dagon of the um, fish people sort of just floating around, but there's not always this sense of scale. And to imagine one just quietly floating along as big as a whale is... <laughs> yeah creepy <laughs> um, but also yeah. very cool yeah i mean sort of going looking at the bigger picture i was looking into the background of dagon and and the because there's a bit of confusion about the actual dagon the fish god not necessarily in the lovecraftian way but obviously just the mm. you know throughout history um because there's a lot of this confusion about the about the actual origins of the of the god um, Dagon, because obviously he gets portrayed as a, a fish god, but then there's a lot of talk about him being the god of fertility and, and grain. I think grain, that's. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what well, I mean, what was uh, Dave? What was your take on it? Do you do you think it's a bit of a confusion, or it's just a bit of a combination of both potentially? Uh, well, I think what's happening here, and what happened with like a lot of these um, gods, um, gods and monsters, really, uh, is that there's cross pollination between. Um, the the, ori- the origin of it, um, and that's probably that's arguably difficult to find on some of these, just because of the it's either in Sumerian or you know some other text. And yeah. when another culture, like he, like say you hit a trader or something, and they're mm. describing their gods, and all of those things are generally recontextualized in the culture that they're being like told to. Mm. Um, yeah. So 
with that, like, uh, I guess an example would be when, um, the Romans sort of, like, took the Greek pantheon and just made their own thing of it, but yeah. combined it with, you know, their, their, their own traditional lore, um, mm. it, it creates these new versions that ultimately end up, like, muddying the waters, because, especially way down the line, you know, we... Uh, we'll look up something and then you'll see that like that God has traits of some other God too. There's like multiple yeah. things kind of all combining uh, to, f- to form the image of what, you know, what we, what we see today, um, at least in, mm. in, not even in popular culture, but just like in like, yeah, academia, just looking, trying to look up these figures. Um, and I think that that's what that is or, um, I, another problem is when they're, when you're looking at the, like, some of these ancient writings, um, things can be like read incorrectly or, yeah. um, mm. if they have an original source material and it's degraded, they're having to like substitute characters in because those look mm. more appropriate. Um, then that's when I, I think you run into, um, something saying that they're, oh, um, they're god of grain or something that could have said something else yeah. or it could have been a different yeah. god we see that with um like pan for example mm-hmm. um gets like conflated with like dionysus and there's just a lot of things that get smashed together and that's i would i would say the the biggest influence of that is just this cross-cultural pollination um yeah 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 it's, i think as well is that sort of how it's lent in with um, Lovecraft's side of things as well because I mean it could be just me and you you both may feel different on this but when I was looking into the background of Dagon from Lovecraft's point of view um, and then obviously you lead on to the deep ones and then lead on to um, Father Dagon and Mother Hydra and things I mean I, I must admit I got quite confused with a lot of it admittedly I'm still reading a lot of the other Lovecraft stories. I'm still working my way through them. Do you? Do, I mean, how? I mean, do, do either of you understand how it, how Dagon in this context fits into the whole universe? Because I was there was times where I was getting a bit confused on it. Uh, this is it, one it, of the gods that is hmm. um, that, that is particularly suffering from that problem. Where um, the the Cthulhu mythos itself uh, it came from Lovecraft, but it's been uh, some of his contemporaries and then later authors all contributed to like the popular culture idea of a lot of these gods and they expanded yeah. upon that or they wrote like separate lore like hmm. mythos canon lore but it either hmm. contradicts or it just overwrites some of the stuff that Lovecraft did so yeah. um, Dagon in particular uh, hasn't really been too fleshed out like no, each, no. each incarnation is like almost different, like a different Dagon than um, than we're finding because we, we don't really, we don't even get for a, a, t- a titular story with Dagon in the title. There's no Dagon in the story. No, no, it's just not the fish man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The only reference we get to Dagon is obviously when when the narrator is speaking to the expert about. It you know potentially reference to the fish god Dagon. Yeah, and that's history. just what he's looking and he's decided, I guess, from the the tableau of the um, the monolith that that's what he's looking for. Yeah, yeah. 
And there is, um, in a different story in the Shadow of it, over Innsmouth, there is the esoteric order of Dagon, um, yep. which is one of the few actual other references Lovecraft himself wrote, I think. Um, uh, it, it's hard to place him uh, in all this. Uh, he seems confined to just sort of the Pacific Ocean <laughs> uh, from a lot of the writing. Uh, and I guess uh, I guess a lot of people kind of make the step from there that he's probably just something ranked under Cthulhu, who is sort of, you know, the high priest of Rilia and all this, and he's the one who will subjugate the earth, etc., etc., yada, yada, yada. Um, so a lot, a lot of people think Dagon is sort of a lower tier than that, and he's still something unknowable and all-powerful, yeah. but he's a lot more simpler and he's a lot more straightforward. You know, he, he's a simple god. He wants worship and sacrifice, and in return he'll give you bounties of fish and gold and things like that. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. And... Cr- and, you know, also use your village to create a new race of deep ones who will live forever underwater with him. And you'll be but... super happy. It's like paradise. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. really nice. It's really nice under there where there's no light and the water pressure's crushing. It's the fact you start off as a human and then you end up mm. becoming one of the fishmen. And is at middle age, and then you go and slip away into the ocean quietly. <laughs> it's just yeah. like they they hide you as well. <laughs> Brilliant. Where'd Grandpa go? Oh, you know, yeah. he went down river. <laughs> yeah, I swear he had gills last time I saw him. It's <laughs> uh, good. All right. Cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm glad. I, I'm glad because I was thought, when I was reading and looking at the background and how it all fit together. I was thinking, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being stupid. And, and I just, it was just the fact I was thinking, no. I don't understand how he's fit. This is all fit together. Um, yeah. It just, yeah. No. But that, no, that sort of it, clarifies yeah. it a bit. He's just kind of like a. He's a low tier, terrifying eldritch abomination. You know. <laughs> yeah. Just down the bottom. A little bottom. bit don't above Shogoth, a little bit below Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, I think what we'll do yeah. is we'll move on to the, if you don't mind, we'll move on to the movie. Mm. Well, I say we'll move on to the movie. You two will move on to the movie um, <laughs> and tell me all about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so Dave, how does, how you know, what's the gist of the movie? How does, cause I, how does it all fit into it? Because like I said, I, I haven't, unfortunately haven't been able to watch it. Uh, well, I guess <laughs> this Dagon feels like a different thing than what is in the I mean we don't have anything in the, in the, in the little short story here um, mm. but what we do get is his um, his followers uh, are, are part and parcel like the, from the descriptions like directly um, mm. uh, webbed fingers bulging fish eyes I mean it, that they got yeah. that Innsmouth look <laughs> um, yeah. da- down pat and it um that was good to see uh, in the film. So, the 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 film itself is a. Um, well, I guess it would be similar. It's a. It's our, our main character um, is uh, in a, on a fishing boat, and <laughs> due to a storm, gets um, trapped uh, on a little a coastal uh, Spanish town. Spanish town, yeah, and yeah. discovers. Dagon. So it's 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 the same thing. It's just fleshed out a little bit more. Yeah. Right. Um. It it's actually it it's called Dagon, uh, but it's actually a retelling of the Shadow of Innsmouth, but in right. Spain. Yep. Uh. Yeah. 
Oh, although Dagon, as we discussed, is also in that with the esoteric order of Dagon or La Esoterica Order Dus Dagon or whatever it was in the um they, they had it written in Spanish on the sign in the film. <laughs> I'm not I'm not good at Spanish. <laughs> um but yeah, no. I, I I really enjoyed this film, actually. Uh you know, it it's not an amazing film, but it's got some neat practical effects, uh some less neat CGI effects. And it like Dave said, it gets that feel across as well. Like it, this feels like an extended version of uh, the, what sort of Dagon the short story itself started. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the actual screenshots of it. It looks, um, <laughs> yeah, quite, yeah, <laughs> some interesting. So, is actually do they properly mm. portray the fishmen in this? Do you actually see much of them, or is it? Uh, yeah, I think you do. You see quite a, you get quite a few yeah. really good glimpses. Um, yeah. Uh, as Cameron was saying, the the film shines um, in the practical effect department. Um, oh yeah. It's dated <laughs> horribly by the CG that the they CGI. use. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, you can see kind of why they chose to go that route um, on a, on a yeah. few of the the shots pieces, but. Um, yeah. It would have been better with, like, minion. Like, I wouldn't have even minded if it, you know, Harry and some of the stuff, um, and yeah, just use that would have like, been cool. Uh, miniatures. Yeah, um, my but... my absolute favorite practical effect. I'm just gonna interrupt. Is um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's it's the it's the receptionist at the hotel, uh, when he turns away to grab a room key, and you see that the creases on the side of his neck, sort of the the fat folds and wrinkles, are actually gills. But as he turns back to face you, it's done in such a way that from the front, he's just got a slightly wrinkly neck. And you have to look behind <laughs> nice. to see these sort of open gills. It's just such a smooth transition. It's really good. <laughs> that was probably my favorite. Just for like how well done it was. Also, um, they did something similar with the priest early on where uh, it's like, you know, it's your normal human priest. He's helping, he's helping. Uh, he's pointing up to the church and there's a webbing between his fingers and you didn't notice that until now because it was dark. Uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a lot like of the subtle, little, the little, little touches. Subtle touches that were good. Yeah. And even in like the more far gone people who, you know, have tentacles for limbs and stuff, there's still subtle makeup for like the faces and stuff. They've got much flatter, smoother faces, very pale, uh, pallid and slimy skin, nice. uh, deep, deep eyes, that kind of thing. Yeah. It, it's pretty good. <laughs> they also made it, um, made the, made the more fully gone, this the sort of the more elderly members of the town, a lot more creepy because, um, a lot of them can't walk anymore. And so they have these sort of not quite stilts, they're like, they've got a walking stick in each hand, and they're pulling themselves along with that and just letting their legs drag <laughs> along behind them, because their legs are useless now, that sort of tails and fins, I guess. Yeah, um, uh, just the, yeah. The, ar- the architecture um, and the, the set design, mm. and I think even the half the half gone, like that progression of people, you, this, you can tell, um, along with uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf, um, were inspirations for like Bloodborne. Like you can definitely oh, yeah. just like it, it transitions really easily. Um, oh yeah, yeah. This is like the um, the fishing hamlet. Really, mm-hmm. a lot of the places. Uh, you know, the, there's that uh, 
Dave, there's that house later on that he runs into while he's yeah, being chased, it's like, and it's just knee deep in water. Yeah, it's probably yeah. submerged. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they 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 took a lot of cues, I think, um, from this film, yeah. and and rightly so because uh, that those portions of it are just really well done. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess they, we 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 miss in, in leaving out that it's directed by Stuart Gordon, who is like yeah. the, the godfather of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft adaptations to film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, what else? Uh, they they put a bit of a twist on it for the elders uh, in Shadow of Innsmouth. You know, the elder folk of the town are just kind of locked away until they're ready to go into the ocean. In this, they can go out and about but only because they all have skin suits. Um, they, they've sort of skinned and peeled the faces and back from victims, I guess, like the, the few Christians of the town. It w- would be how the movie portrays it. <laughs> and, um, you know, those hide the worst of the tentacles and the creepy faces and things like that. Yeah, also, and it like, makes, really makes it worse. <laughs> You're just like, ah, uh, <laughs> that's... yeah. Because it's, it's not even like a particularly good, uh, no job, no, which makes it, it worse. Like they're just, yeah. they're wearing like badly done uh, masks and thing. I mean, if they're yeah. not actual, yeah. they're just literally they skin the people and put on their parts. But they're they're, they're so yeah. lumpy underneath all that that you, it's not. It's just making it worse. Yeah, I, I I feel like the idea in universe was, oh, if I want to go out and about and some visitor spots me from the other end of a street, I'll be A-OK. Yeah, but if they get, like, anywhere <laughs> near, close by, oh, like, yeah. oh, you're a dude. Within, you're, like, you're something meters. wearing a person. Like, <laughs> but it's not even a hole. It's just, like, a jagged, mm. cut-up um, yeah. suit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh... What else can we say about this? <laughs> it's the Shadow of Rinsworth, but Spanish. It's got really good practical effects. Yeah, and uh, there's only there's only two possibilities. <laughs> yeah, God. So the main the main character is a stock trader, and his his catchphrase is just there are only two possibilities: either yada 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 or yada yada yada. And I'm like, stop saying. He says it like every five a- seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Like, do okay. There, okay, there's there's clearly way more than two possibilities. Just keep coming up yeah. with like extra ones. Or like he's talking to a priest who's clearly about to ritually sacrifice him, and he's like, "There are two possibilities." I'm like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> you looking at the um, looking at all the feedback that I'm reading about it while you guys are talking about it, it mm. seems it, it seems to be very over the top. That seems to be the sort of general gist of what they say about it. Yeah. Sort of, does, that, does that summarize it? Is it properly? Because uh, even on the um, the wiki page, a bit further, it says it also that the film's relentlessness is draining and numbing. <laughs> is, it, is it relentless? Uh, Toward the it, latter it half, yeah. Pretty, yeah, it gets pretty brutal <laughs> it gets, yeah. in the latter half. They're not. He's not pulling any punches with this film. No, um, you, you got to skin uh, a homeless you, man to cook a good horror film. Yeah, I'm not sure. And it's super slowly, analogy. and watch every yeah. second of it. They, Okay, so they peel off a man's face. Nice. And they, they go the Hellraiser route where it's like, we're just going to show you, dude. We're going to show it. The whole yeah. right. And it's, pra- like, it's practical wow. effects. So, like, they really, you know, they put an appliance on the dude, mm, the priest, yeah. you know, takes a knife and 
skins him as you do and then like (laughs) peels it off slowly and the guy's dying and it's just like Mm. I, I actually I fast forwarded that I'd seen this movie a bunch of times and I was like I'm just done I can't watch that part again yeah. because they they did it um, well and it's like yeah. disturbing to watch. Yeah. I I'm gonna put this in here. Um, this is gonna sound a little bit. I appreciate their attention to detail. Um, the knife he used has clearly been used for like twenty thirty years because it's been sharpened so much that only the top half of the blade is left. Uh, <laughs> Like, it, it's just an old kitchen knife, but it's missing, like, the bottom half of the blade because it's been used for this for so long. It's so sh- It's been sharpened so much. I'm like, that's actually a nice detail to put in your prop work. So, good job to the props department. Yeah, attention to detail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was pretty rough. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so you, the twist with this, um, in the shadows of Shadow over Innsmouth, the book this takes a lot longer to sort of emerge. You know, he escapes Innsmouth, and years later finds out uh, that he's actually related to the folk of Innsmouth. Um, but in the film, because it's a film, he finds out during his time there, um, and in protest, protest of the idea of becoming a fishman, lights himself on fire and is then pushed into the ocean where his gills start to work, and he's suddenly okay with it, because I guess there's no other option for him now. Yeah, there were only would, two would have been better. Well, there's not two options. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a third option, buddy. Um, <laughs> and then it's like, man, I really wish I hadn't burned myself. <laughs> this worked out just yeah. fine, other than I'm, like, a horrendously disfigured. <laughs> He'll be, yeah, look, no one cares about your looks when you're destined to be under the ocean forever with... With your half sister, your half sister tentacle mermaid <laughs> is your lover. Yeah. Oh god, that, that's a that's a bad line. We are we are siblings, and then we will be lovers. I'm like, oh no. Oh yeah, I've just seen the photo of this mm. woman with tentacles for at the bottom half of her body. I presume that's what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. No, it, it's a Lovely. very good reveal because um, yeah. when she's when she's actually introduced, she's just sitting up in a bed because you know yeah. the guys run into a house for shelter and is hidden in her room and like okay and it's like he's like like you're you're the woman from my dreams etc etc and then eventually you know the covers are pulled aside and it's just these two lashing tentacles and like okay, yeah. that's a pretty good that's a pretty good twist on uh the evil quote quotation marks evil cult lady she thinks she's doing the right thing <laughs> the, the, it right. does have this it does have this really great line up because uh, a lot of the plot centers around the protagonist wanting to rescue his girlfriend who was on the boat with him and who has since been dragged off by the priest in several of the villages and you know this woman this uh, this tentacle mermaid is talking to him on and on about how it's his destiny and he dreams of her so clearly he should never be with his girlfriend again and stuff like that and you know how it's all for Dagon it's all for Dagon he goes fuck Dagon and she goes yes she will and we're like what uh, what <laughs> <laughs> yeah cause I think that, that's a, a central um, conceit of the mm. plot is that this cult has um, over time um, they, all the sacrifices that they're giving up to Dagon it's a lot of them has been women from outside of the village mm. and yeah. the Dagon like copulates with them and then lets them go. So they just come back yeah. to the land and then have these half breed um, children mm. that are deep ones. Yeah. Deep yeah. ones. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's it's definitely like it's a well thought out. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, plot, I guess, but you know, D- Dagon definitely you can't you can't accuse him of having like um, over uh, overreaching plot goals. He just wants the one little village no. to worship him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he goes about it the right way. You know, you make one sacrifice to Dagon, and then you know, next month the entire shoreline's flooded with fish and also gold statues. Because <laughs> that's what like, people he, want. Yeah, fish I mean, he, he he's a god who delivers. <laughs> you know. He delivers, yeah. I mean, there, there, there's the whole scene where it's the um, El Capitan, the captain of this boat who worked out the whole Dagon trick, just storming into church and going, don't listen to the god with who never actually does anything, no matter how much you pray, come with me, we'll get rid of one person, we'll throw this weird Illuminati fish hook. It's just, it's it's a, just lure. a it, it, Yeah, this fish hook lure thing into the ocean and there'll be fish and also maybe money. <laughs> money <laughs> and immediately those things happen so nice Dagon delivers Dagon well I suppose delivers. it's it's supposed to that guy talking about the two options again like you can have either mm. fish or gold and then he said well can we have both <laughs> why not both <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah oh, no it, for... it, it's definitely a good little film if you're interested yeah. in the Cthulhu mythos it's worth checking out yeah I feel like I've missed out on this I'm gonna have to I'll, I'll, I'll find a way of watching it yeah, Wink. I, I, um, I went for the uh, the low resolution cryptid version, which is looking for old films on YouTube and hoping they haven't been found yet. <laughs> <laughs> Naughty, Cameron. Naughty. Uh, no, I don't blame you. Actually, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty... Australia. We're, we're a oh, nation yeah. of pirates. Yeah, are play by your own <laughs> rules. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, that sounds that sounds good. That sounds good. Any mm. anything else you both want to say about the film, or is that uh, does that summarise it? <laughs> Uh, no, we should uh, probably actually talk about Dagon <laughs> because he's here. Yeah, he's he's here. Yeah. He's big and just a basic writhing mass of tentacles. He's like the snake balls in <laughs> Bloodborne, yeah. but tentacles. Oh, know, right, okay. Um, what what they showed in the film, they their one second CGI shot of maybe Dagon. My my only thought was it looks like Nemesis, but with tentacle arms. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 But it, it is like a split second shot. It could very well just be tentacle snake ball. So. Yeah, you don't get like a shot of the body. It's really just no. some arms pop up and do their Drag dirty work. Barbara down to <laughs> hell. Uh, yeah, ripping her from her arms because she's chained, chained to a, up. To a, yeah, that's rough. A chain. A brutal movie. Uh, yeah, incidentally. <laughs> Because her arms are in manacles, and then um, yeah. Dagon just reaches up and just pulls, and since he's like a bazillion feet tall or he's huge um, just yeah. you know pulling out a little person it's like popping a grape mm. off a stem with the arms still left in the shackles because she was shackled Ugh. yeah <laughs> yeah they didn't um, shy away from any of the gore so that's our, that's the one warning is if um, this is not uh, oh, kid, yeah. kid no. friendly in like the least <laughs> if <laughs> all the discussion of, of face peeling wasn't enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah that wasn't enough to clue you in uh, but yeah, Dagon himself. Uh, yeah, technically, what can we say? <laughs> <laughs> technically, what can we say? Nice. <laughs> he was almost, you know, you could say he was indescribable. <laughs> Just a mm-hmm. massive tentacles and something else <laughs> below the water. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
What else we got, really? <laughs> no, I think that that's probably it. <laughs> yeah, um, well, that's the summary, folks. Yeah, no, no, um, oh, one one other moment from the film I really liked was uh, <laughs> um, our protagonist is once again trying to hide in a house, and um, this little kid sees him who looks perfectly normal. He doesn't even have the the Innsmouth look. He's just a normal little little kid, like a ten to twelve year old boy. And start, starts screaming for his papa because <laughs> this strange man's burst in through the window. Um, and then up from this pit of water in the middle of the room comes this horrible... It looks like Voldemort, but with ten- tentacles for arms. <laughs> and if he had done some bodybuilding, because this guy's huge. Yeah, he's real <laughs> huge. And just starts just starts slamming the protagonist around. And all the while on the sidelines is just this little kid shouting for his papa to win the fight and beat up the intruder. And... That, that was a really interesting sort of cognitive dissonance moment because it's just like, yeah, dad, save me. And your dad is a horrible, horrible monster. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it, it, he's he's like the, the reverse of tentacle mermaid because he's just got two big tentacles for arms and yeah. sort of these fangs and this horrible face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the it, whole, it just, um, the whole yeah. movie is like a reverse Little Mermaid. <laughs> like, yeah. they just want to go to the ocean. <laughs> they just want to be fish people. Live under the sea. Under the sea. Under the sea. Yeah. Yeah. I th- strangely, I did watch that recently. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I d- I, well, not not for research purposes, because I've been there. Uh, a future episode, we decided to cover the little mermaid <laughs> on there. Um, but no, no, my wife was watching it recently and. You know, it was one of those where, oh, what are you doing? And uh, I'm just watching Little Mermaid to come in. And, and it's one of those yeah. where, like, oh, yeah, I'll just watch it. Oh, I've watched this for years. And then I'll literally watch all the rest of it. You know, you're like, oh, um, yeah, the, that hour's just disappeared. Uh, yeah. yeah. Still a classic. It you know, we, I suppose, we, you know, we could we could um, cover the um, well, the witch, whatever she's called. I can't yeah. remember her name. Ursula. Ursula, that's the one. Sea yeah. you Sea know, hag, yeah. You know, we've spoken about yeah. hags earlier, you know. Yeah, different than a um, hag from the underworld. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk about the, the crazy water. chef, you know, trying to get Sebastian. Yeah. Cut him up, put him in the soup. Hmm. If you want to see us cover The Little Mermaid. <laughs> send in your comments. We'll yeah, send in yeah. comments. We're always open for suggestions. <laughs> we'll do a face-off. Dagon versus the oh, Little Mermaid. No. no, that's not that's not a good term to use after this film. <laughs> no, I bet. Yeah. I bet I got that vibe. <laughs> so yeah, um, anything else that you want to talk about the film? Anything? Any other interesting little facts? No, I think we got it all. Other than like, it's a horror. Yeah. It's a horrible ending for everybody involved. Like nobody nice. gets out of this. Uh, yeah. well. Typical Lovecraft. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Paul Paul does okay. I mean, he didn't initially want it, but he gets to live forever underwater. Just a little bit third degree burned. And just a little crispy. crispy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a little crispy. Yeah. Yeah, his <laughs> girlfriend didn't make it, and uh, their friends Vicky and Howard, the um, did not make the yacht, it either. The yacht crew, <laughs> the yacht couple. I don't know what you want to call yeah. them? Yeah, this is I yacht mean, rock. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Oh, I, I do want to talk about the um, the opening scene where uh, they're, on, they're, they're on vacation off the coast of Spain, and oh, man. Paul has brought along his his laptop because he's he, he's, he's a stockbroker and he's working yeah. on stocks and some sort of project 
Um, and all of his com all of his files that he's working on are on his computer. But you know, uh, this is um, this is like yeah, two thousand one. <laughs> so it's filmed in like two thousand. Uh, yeah, ex external hard drives weren't really a thing. No. So he doesn't have anything backed up, and um, his his girlfriend Barbara is insisting that you know he he because he's below deck just working on his stuff. He's like she's like put away the laptop, you know, come up and um, we'll have you know margaritas or mai tais or something, and just yeah. sunbathe on the deck, and fish or whatever. This vacation, and he's like I have to, I have to finish you know, whatever he's working on, and so she grabs his computer. And like w walks up under the deck, and she's sitting there, and he comes back to her. And he's like, "Why did you take my stuff?" And she's holding it like like she's gonna pretend to throw it overboard, and she's yelling at him, mm. and, and then she just chucks it overboard. <laughs> she just throws yeah. his laptop oh. with all his like files, and he's like, "I don't have backups," <laughs> and it just goes in the water, and it's it's all it was disc. Yeah, it was it was great. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Barbara, why did you do that? <laughs> that, that oh, Barbara. <laughs> that's how he makes his money. Uh, now you'll get no money. <laughs> now you'll have no more yacht trips. And, of course, you won't anyway because now you're well, yeah, sleeping with the fishes. Murders. Yeah. But, yeah, that part yeah. was, it was yeah. good. That was, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's a good film. You should watch it unless you don't deal well with uh, extreme violence. <laughs> <laughs> Just that little caveat in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. There we go. No, I, I will try and watch it because I feel like instead yeah, I feel like it. I've missed out of the party. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, anything else about Dagon? Are we? Um, are we going to be Dagon? Th yeah, I think we're Dagon yeah. out for now. Maybe we'll return if we find. Um, I did run across a, a, oh, a more recent Sorry. novel that I didn't get a chance to read, <laughs> but um, it's it's <gasps> Dagon. Um, written in the form of um, a Southern Gothic, so that'll be oh. interesting. And from the reviews, um, it's it's their the author of that is also going whole hog on the um, mm. gore and violence. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's it's not Lovecraft, so I'll, I'll have to see if it's um, excessively purple prose or if he's just writing it normally. Yeah, cool. Sorry for my little outburst there. A cockroach oh, roughly the size of my entire thumb just ran out from under the bookshelf and tried to run over my feet. <laughs> I wonder what you were doing. Oh. I just thought yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just reacting to what Dave was saying. I was like, yeah, just send your cat. All right, Cameron, don't worry. It's just... can't, can't the cat take care of it? Yeah. <laughs> where's, where's your palico? <laughs> she, yeah. She's just sitting on a chair looking at it. She won't fight it for me. Give her, oh. That's because she's not wearing her armor. I've no, exactly. I've in my room. Not nice. <laughs> it's just a fake one made of wood. He'll <laughs> do. No, it's, it's enough. You can just bash it. It just doesn't. Yeah, blunt, bash it around. Blunt, blunt damage. Yeah. Like she's actively <laughs> blunt damage. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. Come on, it's right there. Literally in the middle of the room. No. I suppose it, is this because we haven't done Beastie of the Week? So now <laughs> a cockroach yeah. has decided to get involved. Yeah, I guess. God, awful. Uh, ask it if it wants to guest instead of me next week when I'm away. <laughs> uh, ooh, uh, just it just crawled into Dad's work shoes. I think it does. Oh, <laughs> oh that's going to be a, a funny conversation. Might take that out before <laughs> before I leave. Yeah, don't, don't oh. forget that it has a cucaracha. <laughs> <laughs> nice, cool. Well, yeah, I think um, that's Dagon. I, I like when we 
come back and do a bit of Lovecraft. It's because it's good. Because if yeah. we do it every so often, yeah. we can sort of tie it all together and so how it works. You know, be, you know, I think eventually we get to do one of the uh, the bigger ones like um, like you know like Call of Cthulhu or one of those as well. Yeah. Just uh, maybe the dream how. the Dreamlands. Uh, yeah, stuff yeah Dreamlands would be cool. Would be. Yeah. But that'll that'll <laughs> I need time to read that. It's yeah, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> isn't uh, isn't there a Call of Cthulhu game coming out sometime this year? Yeah, I've yeah. heard that. Yeah, mm. yeah, that may fit nicely with it. Maybe, maybe when so, that pops up, we'll uh, we'll take another look at it because mm. that'll give us a video game to uh, yeah. tie in. Yeah, as, yeah, as we do, do mix it up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Cool. Well, I think that's uh, day gone. So, um, yeah, we'll just do usual bit of admin. We didn't get any feedback this week, did we? I don't think. So people were like, who? No, what? Yeah. Day gone. <laughs> <laughs> but, like I said, it, it, even if you read the novella, it's it's super quick. You know, you can bash it out in, in 10, 15 minutes, even if that. So, probably less. Mm. So yeah, it's worth a worth a read, and obviously, judging by these other two, give the film a go as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you sort of admin, uh, Dave, internet, Twitter. Where can they find you? I am lurking about as uh, sentinot underscore plus on the Twitters. Absolutely. And if you and in the case of Cameron, and you want to see pictures of him waking up from sleep, where can they find you? <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. Uh, that's night without a K. Because he's not been knighted yet. Sorry, I, oh, I've, it's, I've, it's I've written a letter a to the Queen. Uh. I've, I, it's in the post <laughs> at the moment. Well, you know, oh, may get there eventually. You. Yeah. That's very yeah. nice of you. <laughs> and uh, you, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter as well, underscore. Not, not underscore. What am I doing? I want, it's because I don't have an underscore. I'll put one in. Um, but then you won't find me. Um, at Ninja Badger 7, the number 7, no underscores. Bad. Um, that's all right. I haven't slept much recently, so we'll leave it at that. Um, and obviously, you can find the show on Twitter as well. Um, uh, what's that, Cameron? Because you're good at remembering that bit. Uh, you can find the show at mon underscore d monster. That's right. Or just search monster monster. Um, yep. Thank you for listening, everyone. Another show. Hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, seeing our boy H.P. Lovecraft again, we'll be <laughs> no, sh- you know, we will be visiting him again at some point as well. So uh, with that, thank you for listening, Monster Monster. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.